Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Neon Jellyfish Arcade. My name is Philip. Um, joining me, as always, is my co-host, this Sean. How are you doing this week, Sean? I'm all good. All good. Perfect. Perfect. And that's what we like to say. So this week's show, we're not going to be doing our reviews um, because we've got those games reviews. been a bit light on the games, but as is the case for January, as goes the story. So we'll just be looking at Mass Effect. They're in dropped their kind of trailer giving you some details and a bit of controversy that's been kicked up there we'll have a look at that we'll also be looking at uh it was google stadia i was gonna call it amazon for some reason google stadia and we'll be looking stadia. into stadia stadia depends how you say it uh we'll be looking into uh what's been going on with those guys but first what have you been playing this week sean um, I haven't played an awful lot. I've played, I've only recently just started Call of the Sea. That was on Game mm. Pass, just as one of our friends had been playing it. So, only recent, very recently jumped into that. And me too, me too. It is an interesting game, a nice, slow, slower paced puzzle game. Yeah, I mean, I know it's not always the best description, but it's a walking simulator where you. But this is your shining endorsement. <laughs> no, but that's how those games are referred as walking simulators, where you're just sort of you almost the story's there for you to sort of go and explore. And there are bits of puzzles and that here and there, but you're sort of more or less there's no threat. Well, from what I've played so far, and I can't imagine this is going to change, but there's no threat involved of being killed or enemies or the sort of combat it's more about experiencing the story of bits of puzzles and discovery and sort of like that i mean it sort of falls into that category of i think if there was a game called firewatch and what remains of be the finch and um i'm struggling to remember some of but it's very narrative sort of almost interactive storybook Fair enough, fair enough. Um, that's what you've been playing. That's what you've been playing. I've been playing a medley of games this week, obviously being my birthday. That's why we took the week off, just in case of our avid fans want to know where he was last week, where we was MIA. And we had the week off for my birthday um, and just been playing a few games. We've got Super Mario Odyssey. Thank you very much for that present. Um, that I've been playing, so I've been enjoying that. It's got Super Smash Brothers on the Switch, so I've been playing that. Um, as well as just going through, I've been, I was playing enough. You say you play Call of the Sea. This wasn't um, planned, but I was playing Call of the Sea as well. <laughs> so, so it's strange that we both played that. Maybe we'll have to come back to that game and look at it in more detail once we've both um, completed it. But yes, I've been enjoying. So moving on to this week's news. So this week's news, we had the Mass Effect Legendary Edition um, basically come out with it, basically showing us uh, what the Legendary Edition is. Now, I hate to be right. I hate to be right, but I was right. Um, my kind of prediction was this would just be a 4K uh, HDR up-res of all the graphics, with the textures packs um and it will just be nothing more than that uh, that they came out with looks very good looks very nice that it is coming out i think it's we're pleased to see this come out i would say i think you're in agreement with me there sean that this is i'm pleased to see this come out i would wish it would come out you know probably a little bit later ago because now it seems a little bit 
but it's here, I suppose, is the main thing that we are. It's, it's here. Everyone can enjoy it. And I think a lot of people from the what I've been seeing on Twitter, Reddit, I know this is no barometer for how successful a game would be, but a lot of people seem to be very, have never played this or maybe you've only heard of or played Andromeda. So they actually haven't played the first one, which was 2007. I believe yeah. six, seven, um, seven. seven. So we're talking fourteen years ago. I mean, that seems. I remember playing this game when it came out. Uh, so that seems like a lifetime ago. So fourteen years ago was the first one. So you, it's going to hopefully bring a new generation of gamers into this series, and they can experience what I would say is one of the greatest game collections, solo, single player, story driven collections. Now we're at, on the three hundred and sixty era, the PlayStation three and the three hundred and sixty era, and they can finally bring it up and make those quality of life improvements uh, and do all that thing. It seems like it is a good place to be going. What are your thoughts, Sean? Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to going back and playing those games. I mean, it does feel, obviously, there's a bit of controversy about it, about some of the stuff they're doing. It's hard to know how overblown some of this stuff is. Um uh, in general, um, I don't know if you've seen any of it, um, the stuff we're talking about. Well, the two, although I, I cannot remember for the life of me the first point I'm about to make. It has been done before, but I can't remember what game franchise has done it. But where you're, the special edition of the game doesn't include the game, that's one thing that's annoying. <laughs> Why do you think people. that is the case? Well, it's just to make more money I mean I, I mean I, I have no idea what you, like I said it's not it's definitely not the first time this has been done because I, I know it's been done before and I need I just to be fair I haven't looked to do the research on it but um, I used to work in a video games store and although I don't believe we stocked anything where the game wasn't included that's I don't know, because obviously I would pay attention to what games are coming out, and it definitely has been the case where you've had a special collector's edition and not had the game included. You've needed to then go and buy the game separately. I mean, there's been other instances in the past where you've had stuff like that, where you've had a standard version of the game with a collector's edition. So it's like... So if you want everything with the game, you'd need to, you know, when you've got different tiers of edition, they wouldn't give you everything with the, the, the high price one. You'd have to buy the medium range one and the high priced one in order to be able to get everything. I mean, it's a bit of a weird backwards thing, I think, the game industry does on those. But like I said, it's obviously, in my opinion, it's driven by money because they know... The majority of people are obviously only going to get one edition in that scenario, and only the hardcore fans are going to end up buying the thing twice. And no game company is going to say, No, do not buy our game twice, are they? No, that's true. No, that's fine. I mean, just some of the things that they've um, added to this legendary edition is that obviously they're going to improve the aiming and weapon balance. I think that's going to be more felt in number one, but I think that is across the board. But people seem to be saying that's more fell in the Mass Effect 1. I mean, everyone seems to say number one's going to be the one you're going to feel all these changes more. Because two and three, in terms of how they play, have 
I've heard and I'd agree would yeah. agree with the opinion that they're very similar. Yeah. You know, yeah. you would you'd struggle to pick them apart from a game play perspective. Um, but there'll be better sound effects cover behind and gameplay cameras, so they'll just be touching that up. There'll be an expanded universal character creator. So from what I understand is that some of the things you could do with um, the femship in Mass Effect 2 and 3, you could not necessarily do on Mass Effect 1. So whatever character creator that they have in Mass Effect 3, you'll be able to start that in Mass Effect 1. So there'll be a universal... I think it's as in like where they femship had a was given an identity a proper identity as in like the marketing material and everything like that for number three that's been extended because it was a very generic it didn't they hadn't really created the default character for the female variant in in number one and two sort of say so it was sort of so basically they've based on the creation of that character in number three they've sort of gone back and and placed that into sort of one and two so it's a bit more consistent if you pick the if you just the the generic female version of Shepard from number one it will be consistent through them all there won't be like these weird you know if you was to play the original versions you would get these weird changes i guess as as you sort of went through but it. that's been uh, universal across everything um there'll be a skippable elevators now so in the first one when you went into elevator i thought it was actually quite a neat trick back in the day to not have to give you a loading screen they'll just put you in an elevator and sometimes you talk sometimes you get some nice music as you went up and down mainly in the citadel is where i remember the elevator scenes the most but i think you had it on the ship as well where you change different floors. So they will be skippable now. They have removed weapon-based class restrictions. Now, I don't remember that being such an issue um, for me in the games, but I cannot remember too much about it. It's been a while since I played them, but that's been removed. Um, this is where we're saying, so in Mass Effect 1, the gun balanced, um, those, they've been kind of balanced and given individual feels similar to those found in later games. So again, it's just bringing everything in line. As I said, number one seems to be the outlier from two and three. Um, but with the Mako, which is probably a good thing, because I did not like that thing in number one. And it was good to see at the back of it. I, said, I know I did try and make a return, but I didn't really want a return for me anyway. It was that it's got a speed, boost, a speed boost, updated physics, and better handling. So we can all rejoice in that quality of life improvement driving around an A god forsaken thing um but other things they've added this is more of a visual thing so they've added tone mapping uh anti-aliasing has been improved volumetrics and fog have been greatly improved i saw some comparison shots and they do look it does look extremely well um depth of field and bloom the bloom is definitely from the videos i've been seeing is the bloom is back and it's very much in your face like it, it, some people say it should be toned down I don't mind it as such if you can have effects, make use of it. And there's a now a good old depth of field, subsurface scattering, which is some of the new generation features, uh, graphic features are being added in, and ambient inclusion as well has been added in. So the visuals is what I would say is the biggest one. It's nice to have the balancing and the sound effects and cover behind. But to me, obviously, if you're going to go back in it, it's going to hurt your eyes. I saw some Mass Effect 1 videos when this came out and I couldn't believe 
<laughs> how, how different it was in my mind's eye. Everyone has nostalgic glasses, but in my mind's eye, I didn't think it was that horrific. Um, but when I saw it, I was like, "Why? What, what was I playing?" But I suppose you know, you don't know any better back then. It's back then. It was a very good-looking game. I remember it was kind of considered, you know, the hallmark for facial recognition, especially in Respect One. Um, so it's good that they, they, you know, they're just updating it. So when you play it, it won't be so jarring. I do think they missed out by putting not putting it onto the latest um, Unreal Engine, but. I hope that if they, because if this is going to be the springboard for the new Mass Effect, hopefully the new Mass Effect will be on the next Unreal Engine, um, Mass Effect 4, whatever they call it. But have you seen any of the screenshots yourself, Sean? Yeah, yeah. I thought the one they showed at the Mako looked quite impressive. Uh, the one with, oh, got me blooming name, the drill. I can't think of his name. Ah. Uh... <laughs> I didn't think that looked as impressive it, as a lot of people have kind of pointed out. It just looked like they've chucked a big lens flare over the top of him. Um, I, I mean, you and me have a difference of opinion, I guess, a bit on some visuals. Like, you like them to be as crisp as possible. I mean, I, I'm, don't get me wrong, I'm not like asking for terrible graphics in games, but I just, you know, if it's good that's fine because you can always be trying to achieve the best possible and if you just keep pushing and pushing like you know you'll never get it or you'll be on hardware that very few people own type of thing so I'm like give me what's sort of serviceable and that that's sort of that um so again with the, the drill I sort of maybe in one of them the skin the the textures of scales or whatever on his face was very slightly different but I'm not going to be looking at the game that intensely to be fair when all the stuff's going down to be looking for every sort of wrinkle and crease in his, I'm in sure his Digital Foundry will be going through and doing their much thing I mean to me the big one is, is 60 frames and it's 4k so that will be I mean they say they, I mean, it didn't make much of a difference back in the day I agree with you in that way, but it would be nice to play this at 60 frames, 4K, a game that we all love. Um, there are very few people I know who've played this game don't rank it as one of their highest ones. You and me both think it's an extremely good game. Um, so it'll be nice just to go back onto that. I mean, I am looking forward to playing this again and just reacquainting myself in the Mass Effect world and just getting back to it. I mean, hopefully, the idea, I suppose, is that they can springboard this into for Mass Effect 4 and see what the appetite is out there um so you would think this would be a home run for bioware well that brings you to the yeah, it does bring me into my second point to the second controversy so, so the first one as i mentioned was obviously the the collector's edition not having the game included the second one is around censorship is the way it's sort of being framed. So the way uh, we um, it's been described, correct me if I'm wrong, um, is that obviously they've uh, moved around. Um, it was Miranda's bum in some screenshots. Is that in, And I do remember it in my mind's eye. I can see it when I was playing it. I don't actually remember being t- totally aghast by it or be like, oh, yeah, like really enjoying myself when I'm playing it. Um, but I do remember it being there, but they removed a certain camera angles where it was focusing on Miranda's bum in her skin-tight suit. And now it's, they say it sits slightly higher, so it's cut off. 
Um, so they just changed the camera angle to cut off Miranda's back uh, bum, which of course has caused outrage. Um, well, maybe outrage is too it's much of a stronger word, but it's caused some. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a bit. Maybe it's but it's caused some to be a little bit, you know, almost like this is an easy one. This is an easy game to remaster. You made your decision back in 2009 or 2010 um, to make when you made Mass Effect 2. It's not a decision that needs to be revisited and corrected because then it's almost like you made the wrong decision to, to have your camera angles back then. It's almost like you've done, it is what it is as a product maybe of that time. Was it more acceptable then? Who knows? But a lot of people are saying that they put energy and effort into doing something that no one was asking for. Well, I certainly didn't know anyone who was offended by it. Well, that's that's where people, I guess, got annoyed. And obviously changing, I think, as I've mentioned to you before, changing a camera angle is obviously a completely different thing to changing the narrative in the story, as in, like, changing the ending, which is what most people would rather <laughs> they maybe took a look at. I mean, as I've repeated before, it wasn't the most spectacular ending, but I personally didn't find it. It didn't bother me to, uh, uh, as I'm one of those people, I guess, where I was, I was on the journey, not destination type of kind of people. Uh, would I have liked it to be better? Yes, but it, as I said, I'm not. It didn't. I wasn't one of those that was necessarily up in arms about it type of thing, but. I know a lot of people were, and it's like, if you're going to start tinkering with stuff, if you're going to get into some of those things, people are like, this is one of the things people are crying out for was the ending to be re-looked at. And instead you've chosen to start tinkering with stuff that no one was requesting to be looked at type of thing. It, as I said, it's sort of, as or you said, like this should be an easy home run. They're well loved games, all scored above the nineties, I believe, on Metacritic. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like reviewers and gamers alike, both like them. Um, it yeah, it just sort of seems like such a sort of crazy thing that they decided to sort of do this. It's just like. It almost felt like, what way could we annoy someone? Basically, we can't. This get this process is maybe moving a bit too smoothly. Let's uh, <laughs> let's throw stuff again. Know, we're, we're not used. To, it's not. It's not yeah. a Bioware game about some controversy. <laughs> it seems to because you could, it at the moment. <laughs> I mean, obviously, the way this is it depends on what side you stick. Because obviously, the way it's sort of been driven is, is this is a. It's all part of the male gaze it's there to please male gamers because it mo- I, I appreciate there's a, a large number of females that will play mass effect as well but the data suggests that i believe that the majority of players are male and this was one of those things that was appealing to that sort of male audience and therefore it's sort of seen as bad i mean i I mean, there's part of me that could possibly understand that, but at the same time, it's like I do see how it... I can see the argument for how it fits into, like, the character's narrative. Like, it's... um, She's genetically engineered to be sort of distractingly beautiful and intelligent and 
everything like that. So it make there's part of me that can understand that argument that it makes sense that you would in these um, cutscenes or whatever that you would focus on things that maybe you're not meant to be focusing on because the characters there to sort of uh, manipulation might be too strong a word but sort of as it were manipulate her with her beauty or looks or whatever and sort of be able to run so like not necessarily she's not an evil character but what i'm the point i'm making is that she's meant to be able to use um her beauty or, or whatever <coughs> and intelligence to to uh, to be able to excel in life or her, her um, objectives or missions or whatever she's aiming to do type of thing she's been bred for that purpose type of thing like so it may, to me, it's not like crazy that you would then focus on those things. It's like you could take it further and say, well, you should sort of strip out any sort of dialogue that makes her come across as intelligent from that character, because that's another side effect of, you know, we don't want to promote. So I said that a bit. Weird. We don't want to promote any of those promote. those aspects. <laughs> that make her, that, that have been genetically engineered. So we don't want to promote the intelligence or the beauty of this character. Should we remove both aspects of that um, type of thing? And that's where you, I don't, like I said, obviously maybe I'm going a bit too into I think it. You. That's when it that, <laughs> no, but that's when you start like with this whole thing. I can't imagine it was a very quick conversation. I could be wrong, obviously. I wasn't in those quite aware meetings, but... I can't imagine it was just a quick, yeah, took the camera angle up and it was never sort of discussed again. I would imagine there was probably, like you said, a good amount of time sort of about this. Because if it was a sort of offhanded comment and someone just went away and did it, they wouldn't have even come out and sort of discussed this type of thing. Like it would have just been a sort of done type of thing, like almost like the textures. You won't see them going through and mentioning every single texture or whatever have decided to sort of up resin change. Yeah, I, I agree with you um, quite a lot there. I, I agree with you. Like, I, Just going to the Mass Effect 3 ending, I, I didn't expect them to change that at all. I'd be shocked if they changed that. Cause... Well, no, same. I, did. I didn't expect them to change it, but I can see where people, people the point I was making is annoyed to. that if you're going to start getting into these tiny little things, it's like there's this big thing sitting over here that people are annoyed about. And you're tampering with something that people aren't annoyed about. It sort of yeah, seems I, like, I, why are you ignoring the the thing that's out I get that, but... I get that. But my one thing is, one's a, that is a rem- that's a remake. This is what I would call a remaster issue. They're not remaking it. They're just changing it. My thing is, it didn't need well, to happen. Again, if you, it didn't need to happen. If you were just going to go into the ending again, I don't know if I would necessarily say you need to remake it you could just add more context type of thing and make it flow a bit better it's not to say you have to reinvent maybe it's like when they did that expanded extended ending which is included whatever it was called i know it's included Uh, but what i'm saying is when they chuck a load of slideshows in they could definitely expand on that they could make the you know animate those because it's not like they've got to recreate the models or anything and again, I wasn't expecting anything yeah, like that. I wasn't. And I don't think a lot of people were. The thing that outrages them is instead of tinkering with something that people wanted them to tinker with, they've sort of tinkered with something people 
probably, you know, I would say in the majority of cases, most people probably didn't care less uh, I don't think, about yeah, this I thing agree. until until it's sort of removed. I mean, Bioware needs to keep away <laughs> from controversy. They just can't help themselves. Because as I said, now they've got all this going on. As I said, it doesn't bother me too much if they've got the camera angle above and not or below. I don't like it because to me it's, I don't know where this, that decision came from because it had to be meditated to move it. And I don't know who was driving that decision. What was their research? Well, the other thing that makes this thing worse going forward, which a lot of people are worried about, is granted this was only the mo- removal, or, not removal, but the placement of camera angles. Mm-hmm. However, in statements that have come out from them, it's like they would have liked to have gone a lot further it was time and budget that restricted being able to rejig any of the so because basically they as you as we've kind of discussed over the ending there's just too much work in reanimating Wait, or redoing any of these things and they can't do redo any of these cutscenes. so moving the camera angle keep, leaves the cutscene intact yeah. but it obviously just stops what you can view however if they would have had the time and stuff they said they would have liked to have gone further. But they didn't obviously go any further than that, as in what would that have looked like if they had been able to cut, chop, uh, read the well, hold on, my, Yeah, I agree. They could have gone further, but then to me, we're going into a remake territory. We're not going into... I still think it's a remaster, like even when they moved the camera up because they, have, they just changed the position. To me, that's still remastering the visual, adding textures, adding this changing that that's a remake and it was never labeled as a remake so that's why i'm not worried i don't think it's too much of an issue when they just change no you're ne- no the point i was making about them people aren't worried about whether it's a remake or remaster that the, the worried about the fact that they would have liked to have done more with this sort of in the 2020 2021 era of readdressing what whether you feel it's tying into this male gaze or inequalities or, or whatever they would have liked to have done more but as you said maybe because of the the nature of a, of a remaster of a remake meant that there wasn't the time or Money. the budget yeah. to redo that and the thing that's got people I guess a bit worried is uh, no one knows obviously what the next Mass Effect game is but is this the next one like they're going to be able obviously that's obviously built from the ground up so is that going to take a more uh slightly different turn to sort of appease the yeah i I, I think people uh, are are right i think it will definitely take a different turn to appease more people i think it will be a political i don't want to say politically you know neutered game but i think everything that was in mass effect yeah i don't think the original trilogy was that outrageous in terms of its way it portrayed women, men, gays, lesbians, bisexuals, it didn't seem to outrage. It didn't seem to outrage. I thought it was done very well. Like it didn't seem to. I don't know. There wasn't much controversy. The bit back in the day, the biggest controversy was that there was sex in the game, which seemed to, um, you know, was the only thing that made it on male. But even then, it didn't really carry much traction because it was like, yeah, games have grown up, and why can't they show that kind of thing as a film and a TV can and selling music the only problem with this kind of stuff is that it will probably i don't know if this will happen because i guess you'll always get people that want to tell mature stories but in this type of game where you get to create a character like 
whether it kind of drives those things because it will just become in lesser technology with like the AI and stuff is able to become so adaptive and I have no doubt in the future it will it's just how far in the future like it's going to be so hard to continue to make these type of games because okay. basically you're just trying to appease apps the problem is there's always like these controversies because you're trying to please everyone everyone of who wants to be recognized as every different gender and have every different kind of sexual preference or whatever and be able to sleep with or do whatever with whoever in the game to you know whatever it's just so difficult to cater to sort of everyone and then obviously if you miss uh, a group out or you don't do it so sometimes it sort of feels like the only way you can kind of stick clear of getting yourself into trouble is if you've got a predefined character to some degree from the from the get-go mm. you know like in which is free go this uh, yeah or I, i've not played this game so you can tell me if <laughs> wrong, but like but like red dead or something i get the impression that that character you can't really is, uh, if you're talking about arthur mitchell yeah no but what i mean is arthur that mitchell predefined isn't he he's not he's not a blank slate necessarily no, story chuck your self on and i'd imagine the same is a bit with like the last of us or uncharted these these characters are written in a particular way to tell a particular story you're sort of piggybacking on those characters for this story that's the only way when you although those well, but let's bring it back to the mass effect thing is um we're getting a bit uh, off track but bring it back it was a controversy that could have been avoided it was a strange decision i does it bode well for the future time will only tell whether they because i think in the controversy maybe this will make them think Let's steer clear of this in future uh, for Mass Effect 4, where it has been built to ground up. Um, and it, or, or maybe they will just go and think that they're on the right path because it's got people talking about the subject. So only time will tell. Um, just one more point, uh, obviously, to move on was that this DLC, uh, DLC, <laughs> it's a legendary edition, obviously, it's just coming with it. They're missing one DLC um, called Pinnacle Station, I believe, because of damage yeah. source code and they are also missing the multiplayer aspect of it much to no one's dismay that the multiplayer isn't um, going to be added in it from mass effect 3 i think that's a bit harsh i mean don't get me wrong no one yeah. bought mass effect 3 for the multiplayer Correct. so i'm not saying that but to sort of say people wouldn't have enjoyed jumping back into that multiplayer is a bit sort of just just because it wasn't your thing i didn't mind it personally would i have been like this is the thing I've been waiting for all year. <laughs> no. But, but no one's just sort of just because you don't like it to sort of just write it off as in in you know, I mean I think a lot of people got uh, quite a bit of enjoyment out of that when it was around. Um again it just took a bit to the reason was they said it would have been as you said, Mass Effect One is the one that's had the amount of um, work done to it they said it would be like redoing all the amount of work to Mass Effect 1 would be like redoing all that kind of work to the multiplayer it just wasn't the time like it would extend doing these kind of things would just keep pushing the, you know if they because I don't know how how long it took them to 
remaster Mass Effect 1. Uh, but they said, for example, if they'd have redone Pinnacle Station, that could have easily added like another six months onto the, seems, the development cycle. Yeah, it seems. And oh, uh, it just wasn't worth oh, it. Oh, yeah, it uh, seems. Because I don't know if you've played it. No, I haven't. But it seems like this is a very, I don't want to say it that way, but it, it seems like this is a very much a rushed job. It seems like, as you said, you told me that, Bioware have wanted to do this for years. They've tried to approach EA to get it signed off, get it greenlit, and have been rebuffed a couple of times. Obviously, EA not thinking it's the, they deserves the money and resource. And then it's only when Casey Hudson came back into the picture, he was able to... Well, that's my understanding from what he's I've He's able like, to get the, it. The team tried to get it done a couple of times. And it was only when he returned, so I don't know if it was like one of the first things he did or, or when it, in his timeline from when he returned, but apparently he was the one um, that was able to help get the project greenlit and sort of through the door type of thing. So Yeah, so he got, it, he got um, it greenlit and got through the door, but it seems like it took him a lot of convincing for EA to do it. And it seems like when they did it, they gave him an extremely limited budget. By the way, still working on the Mass Effect, Mass Effect, Dragon Age, the next Dragon Age, and they're still working on Mass Effect 4. So my thing is thinking... And they're working on Anthem. Well, yeah, I suppose they are, yeah. forgot about Anthem, but I think Anthem is um, just winding down. It's, I mean, it's, it's going to come. Well, apparently there's meant to be a 2.0 edition sort of launch. So I know they've gone a bit quiet on that, but that's apparently in the way yeah well that as well i mean it's i mean that might come out um i thought i was already um maybe i'm getting confused with the one that was released last year um but that, that might be coming out they published a roadmap of what was happening but i think that went a bit sort of quiet um so but so i think i don't play anthem so it might as you said already exist but i believe I it came out last year the last time i heard about it that the 2.0 big sort of update relaunch of the game as you will was was still not still hadn't been relaunched type of thing it was that's what this big update was sort of seen as was a relaunching of the game yeah but i mean they might be working on that i personally think if we haven't heard anything i think that would just as ea would like would just obviously they call the shots they would just look at it and just let it slide or they might just do it but if you were to throw anthem internet there's three games that are in development uh well one's in continued development and that'd be anthem they've just taken another time effort and money into this it's almost like they didn't want to do it they allowed them to do it but it seems like they've done it on extremely limited budget of extremely limited resources and this is why we've got just upscale as i predicted just an upscale 4k hdr um, and quite some quality of life improvements, universal changes to bring everything in line, and out the door it goes. I mean, God knows how long it took them to make this, but it doesn't seem like this was cooked for a very long time. It seems like this was cooked up by a few, a small team with a limited time, limited resource, because they want those people working on other things rather than this. But at least it's done, I suppose. That is my only thing is, at least it's here. No be upset that it wasn't what you wanted. At least it's here, and we can everyone can enjoy it. Come, what date? 14th of May. 14th of May. That's the thing. I do wonder if, because um, I think one of our friends, for example, said that he was no longer going to get it through the changes. Like, there's no sort of point. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm, I downloaded, funny enough, 
last night, Mass Effect 1. I was tempted to go back through that again because I do actually enjoy the first one quite a bit. But um, it did make me wonder. It's like, because again, I don't agree with the changes, but I don't think it's going to affect, it's definitely not going to affect the overall sort of game. It's like it's a camera angle at the end of the day. It's just, there's part of me it's like do you if you end up buying the game do you kind of encourage this sort of behavior from because obviously a game gamers always have this sort of um sometimes this um i don't know people think of them as being a bit sort of um not sticking to what they sort of necessarily say or principles or something like you know, it's like when all the outrage about uh, sort of blizzards and China getting involved with what podcasters uh, were saying. And it's like people were outraged about it. And it's like, well, here's uh, Overwatch 2 and here's, I forget what the other game was they announced and then that just all disappeared type of thing. It's like, well, here's a game and then you'll, you'll be happy and quiet and down type of thing. And that's, yeah, I, I don't know, it's sort of like, I mean, you and me are likely to still end up getting it because we're, we're, we won't be paying for Xbox Game Share. Anyway because... The place to be. Yeah, exactly. But so we'll, we'll look forward. Go halves on it, but, but we'll all look... at the same time, it's sort of hard to know, like, but, but wrapping it. if it does do well, does it just encourage these games companies to, you know, continue sort of, at the end of the day, we can do what we like because it, uh, you know, well, they, people are still chucking money at us. Right you never you haven't heard that from uh, FIFA Ultimate Team. <laughs> you never, you haven't learned that they can do what they like, and people will still throw money at it. By now, <laughs> you never will. Um, that's why they do whatever they like because they they have so much power. Um, because people will buy it regardless because it's not expensive in the grand scheme of things. But moving on, uh, so we're looking at Google Stadia. Um, so the new news Stadia. I like Stadia <laughs> so the news coming out this uh, week do you want to talk through this uh, yeah I can do yep. um, it basically um, the main thing seems to be that they're uh, closing down their in-house studios so basically their their ability to produce any sort of first party games so if you take this in terms of um, sort of Sony, this would be like them closing down sort of Naughty Dog or I don't know if they own Insomnia game, Insomniac games, but those kind of ones, those ones that are definitely t- tied to a Sony platform, that would be I don't know what the game, the studios are called under Stadia but this would be the equivalent uh, on that sort of Sony perspective if you get my meaning. So going forward, basically they're only, the only games they're going to have strictly going to be all third party basically so the only way they will have games exclusive is because obviously you can still have exclusives even if you don't own the studio will be to obviously create deals and stuff like that with these third parties a bit like i don't know if they would go down this route but how epic on the epic store do like they will offer you whether not like complete exclusivity but sort of like if there's a year like you get to be on, you'll be on the Epic Store first before you move to Steam or something. Like you'll sign something, and they'll give you obviously a big water cash up front for obviously doing so. There's the incentive for the only place you can play this game or these games is through the Epic Store. I don't know if that's the route Google will take. I think the worrying thing for any Google Stadia players, uh, I 
just to be upfront, I'm not one of them. But hey, is that um, it doesn't seem clear what the strategy is at Google it's for this, doesn't. and that's what would be worrying if I was a Google Stadia person. I mean, obviously, everyone talks about the Google graveyard website where you can see all the projects that Google start and close and it's there's just like an endless list of all these different projects that Google start. I mean every company kind of has them because no one gets everything right so um, you know Apple and your Microsoft and your Amazons all have projects that were started and never took off but um, it people are like well is this just another is this just one step in before Stadia makes its way to the Google graveyard type of thing, is this just what, another step on that road? It could be. Um, it really could be. It really depends on how much money it's costed them to run this service and how much money they're getting. And this is, a, I think, I mean, this could be very much seen as the beginning of the end of a very troubled life for Google Stadia. I mean, for me, it had the wrong. We both agreed it's had the wrong business model from the start. Making people pay to play games that you own is always a bad strategy. And the only advantage they gave you is that you didn't need a box in your room. Um, you didn't, which I don't think is a person. I don't think anyone really cares how much room a console's taken up in their in their living room or in their study. Or it seems really and it seems sort of backwards. It's like you need a subscription, but then you need to the also buy the product. So it's like if you imagine this in your old-fashioned bricks and mortar stores, it's like being charged to go into the store. And then obviously being charged again to be able to pick up the game. It's just sort of, uh, I just don't sort of get that. There's no special granted for an Xbox or a PlayStation. You need to have the console, obviously. I mean, that's where they're, I guess, making their argument as in the barrier to entry is somewhat It's lower, but but it's always there. That's the thing. It's it's lower, but you always there will always be that barrier. To me, it seems I don't know who this is for because anyone who buys games is either is very strongly going to have an Xbox, PlayStation, Switch, or PC. They're going to have one of those. If you're into gaming, you're going to have one of those. It's very rarely you're into games and you don't have at least one. So your barrier, so your entry is already free. So you don't need to pay an extra ten pounds or ten dollars to get into something. You've already got it. So you can just pick up games and there are games you can pick up physically on Amazon for cheaper or you can just go for a sale, which I'm sure Stadia has their sales, but so do Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo and Steam and Epic Store. So I don't know. The way I've always kind of felt they should have gone is because obviously there's the free version and the paid for version. I'll be honest, I'm not entirely sure what the difference is. Um I thought it was crazy that they did the paid version first. For me, they should have <laughs> the paid version shouldn't have even been on the horizon. The it should have version, just been yeah. free for everyone for the first two or three years. Because obviously none of the features they've said were coming out are there at the moment. Obviously the basic it runs. Um, but you know, all this sort of jump in a queue, jump online with your favourite streamer and all of those kind of things and sort of you know integrate all the sort of walkthroughs from youtube and all of this stuff just popping in and all of that kind of stuff to my knowledge isn't sort of functioning the way it sort of should it should just all be free and then once it got itself established because obviously google aren't 
cash strapped so they could take the hit on it being free once they were able to get themselves established then they could introduce the pro tier that would help unlock these extra features so it's free if you just want access to the store buy the games and play online um because i saw an interesting video as well the other day that sort of said it was kind of crazy um off the back this is off the back of the controversy around xbox charging for um for gold membership type of thing like saying like it's kind of crazy that you have companies like sony and microsoft charging you to actually be online like that in 2020 that kind of shouldn't even be a thing even and nintendo like nintendo aren't clear of that either but sort of saying those features that the being online thing shouldn't even be a thing the subscription for cloud saving and game pass and that should be a thing but the ability to have access that shouldn't be a thing um and i kind of that's where I kind of think Stadia sort of messed up again. That shouldn't be a thing. Have access to the Stadia store, buy the games, and then if you want to introduce additional features that you want to charge for, then go ahead yeah. and, and, put it, put it, and put do it, so. put it to a pro. I completely agree. They should put it to a pro. They should give it for free. You should be able to. I mean, no, you can play it for free. The free version um, does give you access uh, to basically go into there but it, i think it doesn't give you so much games it's just a messy it's just a mess i mean i and i thought part of their reasoning for for deciding to close some of those studios was a bit crazy as well i mean because part of it to some degree was on the success of um everyone's favorite game uh cyberpunk was due to part of the reason because that was quite successful in stadia um but there's part of me is like, well, part of the reason it was successful in Stadia is because it was a disaster of a game on on the two big platform holders. So it's like, obviously, you've got possibly, some people might argue, the, the second best experience of Cyberpunk on Stadia, second to obviously PC, and then it would go to consoles. But that, going forward, isn't the norm because you'd like to think most games companies wouldn't do what CD Projekt Red did and release console versions in the state that Cyberpunk did. So in most cases, they're not going to get that leg up that they did with Cyberpunk because it's going to it's gonna run decently on on the, the console's base console or, or next-gen regardless. it's You're not going to have that thing because I kind of think most people that would have tried out Cyberpunk on Stadia, were driven there due to the fact they was like, well, I don't want to, you know, I'll take a punt and play it on Stadia rather than, you know, playing this horrendous thing uh, on my on my Xbox yeah. Four, uh, PlayStation Four or Xbox One type of thing. Yeah, um, this thing is they can't rely on that um, for much. And to be, I mean, well, because that, that to me was an anomaly. Yeah, that is an anomaly. That it's not going to be the can't base a business strategy but like i said i'd like to think that's not going to be the 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 state of games being released going forward is going to follow the cyber to me it's it's uh, to me it's just it's it's such a because again they don't have the big hitters i know they have ubisoft on there and then they have individual independent developed games like destiny cyberpunk hitman you know studios that publish their own games 
But then they that's it. Like they don't have any big hitter of games on there. So your big hitters are coming out from EA and Activision. They are missing in action. So you don't have big multiplayer games in there. It's it's just a very small service. I think it'll be around. I don't think Google will cut it off, but I think Google will certainly retracting their investment into it they're not putting money into their studios they would rather just see it as a passive service where other companies will put it on there because I, I imagine other companies don't have to do a lot because they just need a pc version and i imagine they will google will come to them and say do you want to put it on stadia as well you've done all the work you don't have to change it i imagine they will just quickly just do that because why wouldn't you but i think ian activision will stay away from this where other self-publishers will just think well there's another avenue to the market so why wouldn't you do it? So I think Google Stadia will stay around. I can't see it going anywhere. It will just be at the um, cost of it. Yeah, I mean, it really depends, I guess. It's just a storefront. Well, it continues. Well, it's a storefront with a, a, like I said, a sort of barrier to enter. I know like, there is the free model now, but it's like, who's going to... It depends because obviously you've got the. I don't know how well this is done or if it's even properly launched yet. Is it Amazon Luna, which is their version? Of which I would, like if you're store. looking for another Google Stadia <laughs> or Stadia disaster, look no <laughs> closer than Amazon Luna, who are on the horizon. Well, I don't know. I kind of feel Amazon will be in a better place. They can tie it whether they decide to try and tie it into their. Prime subscription or they sort of bulk up they, that prior, you know, they've got a such a big install. It's not a good like with Stadia, you have to get people that aren't already sort of built into the, the problem with you know, it like there's so many Amazon customers. Yeah, I get already, that. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. You hold could, on. The, the thing I was saying with Amazon, um, is that the problem with app with these services, they just don't have the big hitter games on them. They don't have anything that sets them apart. It's almost like they're a niche to to the they're almost like a tier below what you would need to have as a gamer. Because you're not going to be going to, onto Amazon Luna. I mean, they have also had problems with their own games. And I think I'm not even sure they even have their own game studios anymore. So again, they're just becoming a third party platform base for you to buy games. But if you have an Xbox or PlayStation, which most people will have if they're buying games you're probably more likely to buy them on the Xbox or the PlayStation. And that's the issue. I don't get me wrong. I kind of do see this being the, the future. It's just obviously it's going to be a bit of a, whether this is just too soon, but it's got to happen at some point. It's whether, because I kind of almost see PlayStation and, and Xbox. Microsoft, well, Microsoft already going have the in their xCloud. No, but what I mean is, is you won't have a dedicated, obviously I'm talking maybe five, ten years time. You won't necessarily have a dedicated uh, sort of box in your home. Like all of these things will be sort of on, you know, it'll almost become like an app with access to these things. And then it will be the content that you have that sets you apart. So I know everyone uses this comparison for Game Pass, but as in the Netflix of gaming for Game Pass, but you will literally log into an app on your TV or whatever, because you won't need the hardware to be able to do it. You'll just need access to your account and your library through these apps i kind of almost feel with having so many of these options uh, that that's the way it will go and obviously sony and microsoft invest heavily in the the studios that they exactly. have uh, it's a bit more interesting to know when nintendo will be in that picture, well, it's a sure story for another I'm sure time nintendo but... Will, but it's a this will take off when microsoft and sony 
decide to go into that market because yeah the as we all know but that's where i kind of feel stadia and maybe what you was alluding to that's where stadia and amazon luna will sort of be heading if they can this will just be another arm of business the way that you have amazon music hold on hold on but the the, the key thing is it's the games that drive the traffic and microsoft and sony have those games no, but I'm on about in like 10 years time. Like if it's becoming easy that these games are all going to be made in very much the same way that you stream it. Because at the moment, obviously there is a, a difference for for Xbox and PlayStation and Stadia and Switch or whatever. But I'm saying like as you move forward and you maybe these things maybe go more in the direction of streaming that control systems and even controllers will i mean they're already fairly consistent all of them have two shoulder buttons all of them have four face buttons all of them have two thumb sticks so they're already sort of fairly consistent but you'll make that experience more consistent across the the platform so it won't sort of matter obviously to get you in to you know what one you want to use obviously sony microsoft Maybe even Nintendo. Like I said, I'm curious to see where they are. Right, they might just be there. But they will have their exclusives to to drive. Yeah, yeah. The way Netflix has its exclusive shows to make you want to be on Netflix versus Prime or that's where I think wherever. That's where I think you're seeing it now. Is that Microsoft only do have their studios. Microsoft is investing heavily in Game Pass. EA, they've already built you in. My thing is, when it does come to that. They would Microsoft and Sony. I can't imagine are going to let Activision and EA go wandering and putting other things onto other services because again, it will be the market buying. If Microsoft and Sony have installed bases into the 30 40 millions of Sony, probably higher. No, but the, the point I, I'm I get making your point, I get your is, point. It'll be where the games go. Well, I don't think you do. It's not, it's because you're sort of saying that they're active at the moment. I do think there will still be not maybe huge amounts of work but there will still be an amount of work in getting them on Luna or Stadia in the future though I'm suggesting there won't be as much work involved in getting them across all the so to sort of say and I don't see Amazon or or, EA suddenly going well we're going to put this on Luna so we're not going to bother with Xbox no no I think they will put it on Xbox wherever they bother with Luna they will that's what I'm saying it will always they'll be tied to Sony and Microsoft but that's well. The thing is, I, I'm suggesting they're going to make that process so easy for to for you to be able to be on all the different platforms that it's not going to really. I, I could be, obviously I don't know, <laughs> I but saying, I yeah, they're going to keep you on your Microsoft aren't going to want you to be playing games on any platform. They're going to everyone's going to well, keep no, but that's you. where you have the exclusive. But no, but they'll <laughs> keep it. They'll <laughs> keep you locked in. They're not going to let you go wandering. They're not going to let you play a game on Microsoft. Well, I, I don't. Play. I'm missing what you're. My thing I'm is, missing my thing you're... is that these are. Good. What are you trying to my say? My thing is that they're going to lock Sony and Microsoft will lock down because the people will go where the games are. If Call of Duty ain't on Amazon. Yeah. People aren't going to sign up to that service. So it's started to stop Activision from putting Call of Duty on Luna or Stadia. But how are they going to do that? Well, the same way that PlayStation has an exclusive of Call of Duty at the moment. They will pay for exclusivity. But they can't. They're not stopping it from being on Xbox, though, No, they? that will be too much of an install base. But Amazon have no install base. It will be a very limited install base at the moment. Because Microsoft has too big. There's a reason why you don't get Call of Duty on 
maybe on the Switch because they don't think there's a player base there. There's a lot of people playing Switch, of course, but there's not that type of person that plays Call of Duty is not on the Switch. So that's why they don't do it because it well, means well, but that is one of the reasons they just don't think there is the player base there, and that's why I'm saying when it comes to when it can put across, I don't think Microsoft and Sony are going to be. There will be a business decision. There will be some pushback and like with Epic on the Epic Store, they pay for exclusivity to keep them on their platform and not on the Steam, and that's where the studio will go in the future. There will be a lots of money transferred. Exclusive. I think that kind of thing will happen, but I don't think you're going to be able to control. I well, think unless, that... obviously Microsoft are chucking billions of game. I don't think you're going to be able to control the companies like Active. I don't think one one company like Microsoft or Sony is going to be able to control without literally buying them out. No, right? It's going to be able to control an EA or an Activision. No, I think that's no, nuts they, to think they're going to be able to control where their games are going. They will be able to buy exclusivity that the best experience... They might be able to buy additional content, but I don't think it's going to be wildly different than it is now. I mean, you're kind of almost saying they're going to be able to remove... Or make sure that Call of Duty doesn't extend outside Microsoft, of PC, outside and of... Sony. I think there will be a move that way because so when did they do it? That decision will come down to Activision. Yeah, whether they want to put their game. They will, but I think there will be. So, but you you were suggesting that Microsoft are the ones that will be making that decision for. No, it'll Activision. be a business. They won't want people joint, using it'll be those a joint, services. Joint business decision. For them, but I think. Well, I kind of think you might start getting into some legal trouble. You've got two companies sort of ganging up and sort of say, "Well, you're allowed to be on these platforms, but not no, on that exclu- one." That's a very it'll be exclusivity. That's a very tricky. Ex- fit. Well, it's not exclusive if you're saying you can be on one of our competitors or two of our competitors, but not the third. No, it'll competitor. be Activision. You can be on Sony oh, and you can on, be on, on PC on, and on. you can be on what, us, hold, but you can't hold, be on, on Luna. What I'm saying is. When it comes to it, when it, in five or ten years' time, it will come to it. Is it say if you want to sell a game, and you're going to look at install bases, you're going to see where your players are, and you're going to try and to release them on that. Well, you know, Microsoft, Sony have the players already there. Yeah, yeah, no, I get that, and I'm not disagreeing with that. But you're so, you, the point you was making earlier is that Microsoft or Sony won't want people wandering off in the direction of no, Luna, suggesting that Microsoft and Sony have control over what's going to happen there. No, no they won't. No. Surely, yeah. so why are you saying, so why even make Because that money talks. That... It's like they can't do anything. No, but money talks. Yeah, but the... We've already just established Wait, that I, but what Sony I'm... and Microsoft don't have the money to be able to keep it off of just one platform. It's not in their interest, is it? Let's, well, we'll just have to wait and see. My What I'm trying to say is they will. there will be a strong... I don't know what you're no, trying no, to say. Jump it in. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is exclusivity will start to talk and they will start to put features. And you already say that they're not doing it, but Microsoft is already strongly linked with EA already. There is a strong link between those two companies. So suggest that in five, 10 years, that exclusivity won't become tighter, I think is very naive because they know where the market's going. Look, I'm not denying you will get parts of, like you do now, whether it be early access cheaper games. or whether it be extra content games. or, or even maybe off. cheaper games. But that's what I'm saying. That will but get I, I'm not agreeing with you as in keeping content completely off of other platforms. I think no, but the, the, absolutely. The, uh, the... So suggesting that they can control. No, I don't think the control. On but another it won't service. be worth. It won't be worth them to do it. Hence, why did some the publishers don't put their games well, on the, the Switch? Point I'm making. It's not worth their time. Neither of us. 
Well, the switch is slightly different and I don't always fully understand because obviously one of the big things with the switch is a lot of people say the Sims in theory would do quite well on the switch based on but its, EA you know, how well Animal Crossing is done. Disagrees. Yeah, no, they do. They say no one, yeah, will, but that no ended, one that likes Animal Crossing that is my proof would also of like Sims. Of why in the future that will be one of the reasons. Because you know, but I think that's flawed. Most people would say you may say it's flawed, flawed to but say that's you the reality. You can say it's flawed. You can say EA are stupid for doing it, but that is the reality we live in. They don't do it. And going forward with these streaming servers, you can say, well, why wouldn't they do it? But it's the same reason why they don't do it for the Switch right now, because they just don't see the investment. They don't see where the uptake is. They think their players are on the Xbox and Sony. So that's why they would do it. That's why I think in the future it will happen. My proof of concept is a Switch, and I think that business logic will will transfer over to uh, cloud gaming in the future. But this has gone way... (laughs) Hold on, hold on. No, but the other... Thing with the switch is obviously there's a lot more development and the thing i'm suggesting is in the future when you're trying to move games onto other it will be a bit more seamless there won't be the investment to port them to the different things if you're going to stick it out on whatever the heck the next xbox is called and luna it's not it's not going to be quite obviously as easy as flicking a switch but it's not going to be what it would take at the moment to move games between different systems i'm thinking that gap between moving stuff around not that i would say in certain certain places it's wildly different at the moment obviously the switch is underpowered which is where that that issue comes in but if it was running the same sort of hardware as the others then obviously it'd be a no-brainer for in most cases to put it on there because there would the point I'm making yeah, I, is I, that I, there would be sort of no real issue okay. in getting stuff on the Switch if it shared the same architecture as an Xbox Series well, S. We can only there. wait and see. But that, we're going to call it there before we go around in circles. But uh, maybe we'll revisit that next I week. Is it five or ten years' time when, when EA Call of Duty is only on Sony and Microsoft? But anyway, moving on. Um, well, well, thank you for making us part of your week. Sorry, it ran a, a bit longer than we intended. I hope you enjoyed this show. We, I am going to set up an email uh, for next week's episode. So we'd like to hear your views and comments. Let's say we do have a lot of listeners and we, I'm trying to think of ways we can interact with you, the listener, um, and bring you into our um, podcast. And hopefully we can have a question subject. Something that I've been mulling around, but don't want to bring up any other business into this podcast but thank you for making us part of this week we'll be back of course next week to our usual uh, recording schedule but for this week it's goodbye from me 